You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekoeme. Turn together with me to Romans chapter 12. As we study this hour, uh, we begin a series called Total Life Transformation. Hallelujah. Total Life Transformation. I believe that somebody is about to be transformed to the next level. Glory to God. Total Life Transformation Part 1, if you like. Uh, Romans 12 is our anchor text all through the season as we look at this subject matter that pertains to the mind and the renewal of the mind. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2, if you will please. Let us together as a family read Romans 12, 1 to 2, if you will please. On the count of three, we'll read together as a family. One, two, three, go. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, what is acceptable and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Don't be conformed, but we are to be transformed. You will either be conformed to the world system, pressed into a mold to the world system, or you'll be transformed, hallelujah, by the renewing of your mind. 3 John 2, a companion text, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I would, it's my utmost desire, that above all things that you prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. The word as is with respect to. That means in accordance to the prosperity of your soul, I would you'll enjoy total life prosperity in every endeavor, spiritually, materially, financially, economically, maritally, but it's all determined based on the prosperity of your soul. For assignment tonight, as mentioned earlier, Total life transformation part number one. Our Father and our God, it is truly unto you. We're gathered again tonight. Thank you for the reading of your holy word. I beseech you, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven, place upon the lips and the tongues of clear of the seven so that tonight I will come to your people with nothing but a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplate as I hide myself behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, speak expressly that we may be edified. Devil's terrified, but only you, Jesus, be glorified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have prayed. Somebody shout a big, big, big amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, I want to begin by mentioning, by way of reminder, some of the concept I believe you already know, that man essentially is a trinity of sorts. In other words, man is made of three major parts. Uh, man is a spirit. Man has a soul, a man dwells or lives in a physical body. 
You are not the you that you see in the mirror. The you that you see in the mirror is an earth suit, just like my jacket is being worn by me, but it's not me. Likewise, your body really is not the real you. Your body really is a carrier or a house to the real person on the inside. So you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live, you abide in a habitation called a physical body. Very important concept to have in mind as we lay a foundation of this out. We see that when the Lord created man in the book of Genesis, the first thing we see is that God formed man from the dust. Not really, that's Genesis 2.7. He said God formed man from the dust of the earth, right? And then God breathed into man the breath of life. Praise God. And man became a living soul, all right? So God formed man from the dust of the earth, the body, okay? And God breathed into man the breath of life, which is spirit, nephesh. Huh? And man became a living soul. So right there in the creation story, we can see the body formed. We can see the spirit coming into the body. And then man becoming what the Bible calls a living soul. We're told that the first man, or the first man, Adam, was called, or was made a living soul. Uh, but the second man, the last Adam, is called a life-given spirit. So there are two Adams. Adam 1 is the one we saw in Genesis. Adam 2 is Jesus Christ. The first Adam was a living soul, but the second and the last man, Adam, Jesus, is a life-giving spirit. He came to give life, praise the Lord. So we see here again that man is a spirit. Man has a soul, and he dwells in a physical body. Apostle Paul, by the Spirit, wrote to the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I read thus. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be preserved blameless or holy unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so at the very God of peace, sanctify you holy. Now, that word holy speaks of wholeness, completion, complete, complete, right? Speaking of the spirit, of the soul, and of the body. Not just a function of H-O-L-Y, said holy, no, but W-H-O-L-L-Y, means complete. <laughs> and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So we see that what God calls the whole of man is spirit. It is soul, and it is body. Praise God. Beloved, all three aspects make up what is called the total man, and they're all important to God. Your physical well-being is important to God. Jesus exemplified that in his earthly ministry when he, he, he fed the, the hungry. Uh, he healed the sick, praise God. He caused the dead to come back to life. He was, he was concerned about those who he preached to. In addition to proclaiming the good news, he also wanted them to be catered, well cared for, praise God. At a certain point in time, he said, disciples, you feed them. He said, we don't have enough water. He said, what do you have? So we have five loaves and two fish. Praise God. And as a result, uh, he fed multitudes of people. He was interested in the well-being of the people. Praise God. So God is interested in your physical well-being. He's interested in your 
soulish well-being, your soul, your wholeness, but it's also interested in your spiritual well-being. Praise the Lord, somebody. Good, 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 hallelujah. So we see now that in the trinity of man, that with your spirit, you and I make contact with God or with the spirit of God. We, by our spirit, make contact with the spiritual world. With your soul, you make contact with the intellectual world. With your physical body, you make contact with the physical body. John 4, 24, 23 says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh self to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that will worship God must worship him in the spirit and in truth. So right there, we see that God is a spirit. Praise God. And the only way to commune with God, who is a spirit, is from and by your spirit. So essentially, we enjoy communion of fellowship with God, spirit to spirit. Praise the Lord, somebody. Again, we see it. The soul, we make contact with the physical, intelligent world, and with the physical body, we make contact with the, with the natural world. Beloved, your physical body is important. It is your passport and your legitimate right to be here on the earth. If you are ever disembodied, God forbid, you have no legal right to be here on the earth anymore. But as long as you have a body, as long as you are alive, as we know life to be, uh, you have a right to be here on the earth. So the Bible declares in Psalm 156, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Only the living can praise God. Praise God. So God is also interested in the well-being of your physical body. Praise God. It's your license, as it were, or your passport to be here on the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 The soul is very critical in our discourse in this season because the soul is made up of three major parts of functions. The intellect, the will, and the emotions. Your soul is made up of what? The intellect, the will, and the emotions. Because the soul is the seat of choices and decisions. It's been said that every man's decisions determines his destiny. Every man's choices determines where he will ultimately end in the journey of life. In a sense, the real you, outside your spirit, who you are, is your soul. When you gave your life to Christ, if you have been born again, something dramatic, something supernatural, something miraculous, something phenomenal happened when you said yes to Jesus Christ. Guess what? The spirit of the living God came into you and changed what was hitherto a dead spirit to become a brand new creature. The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if any man be in Christ, by the way, any man can be in Christ. So no matter how far you've walked away from him, no matter how far you are from his presence, you can be in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new and all things have become of God. That is a miracle. That one who was given to a dead spirit becomes alive, alert, vivacious before the Lord. That's a miracle. It's not a function of your spirit being repaired 
or being panel beaten or being rearranged, no, or being reformatted. No, 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 no. That story became a brand new creature altogether. That is a miracle. In fact, that is the greatest miracle of all times. That one who was once dead spiritually can be made alive again. That's a miracle. But you see, when that happened, when you said yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, your, your soul did not as quickly receive such a dramatic and drastic transformation as your spirit man. That your body did not receive such a dramatic transformation. If you had any mark on your skin, it would likely to be there. <laughs> if you like particular things, uh, particular meals, particular uh, taste buds, particular areas, it's not unlikely still there. If you had a mark on your forehead somewhere, likely the mark is still there after you give your life to Christ. Because uh, uh, the, the things that pertain to the soul and the physical body, uh, they, 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 they require a gradual and a procedural growth that has to do with maturity in Christ. The soul and the physical body were required to go through a process of growth spiritually to enjoy the change that happened immediately to the spirit man. And all through the lifetime of a believer, this really, really is part of our responsibility to engage in the process of growing up to sonship, to engage in the process of renewing our mind with the word by the spirit of the living God. This is the focus of our study in the next few days. We will talk about total life transformation. There are scars, there are marks, there are bruises in hearts and souls that he, he wants to get inside to heal. The areas that make you feel insecure, afraid, worried, anxious, panicky. You know, he wants to get into your soul and heal. And I believe God that in this season, as the word of life comes your way, you receive total life transformation. Spirit, soul, body, emotions, and psyche in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a big, big amen. Hallelujah. 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 Saints, at salvation, we had access to all that Jesus purchased for us in redemption. At salvation, access to all that Jesus purchased for us at redemption. But you see, the things purchased for us in redemption largely are in the realm of the spirit. That's where they're kept. So, Ephesians 1 3 says, You and I have already been blessed, right? Blessed in Christ Jesus, right? Blessed in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. We are already blessed. It's not something we're grappling for. You are the blessed of the law. <laughs> so, really, when we say uh, receive the blessings, we have to really ask ourselves, What are we really receiving? You know, the truth be told is that as a child of God, if you're born again, you are the blessed of the law. Can somebody shout, I am the blessed of the law. You are blessed. You're under no curse. You're under no hex or jinx. You are the blessed of the Lord. Why? You're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides for us. Shout, I am blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. So, but our blessing is likely kept or reserved in the realm of the spirit. Our inheritance in Christ is reserved in the realm of spirit. Our blessings in Christ, they are reserved in the realm of spirit. But there must be a method, there must be a spiritual methodology to translate those blessings from the realm of the spirit to the realm where we are, where we can put them to use as far as we are here on the earth. Hallelujah. 
It's a method of translating the spiritual into the tangible, into the natural. That requires faith. So we say faith is that which lays hold on what grace has made available. Ha, ha, ha. We're saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. So grace has made available all things in redemption, but faith is what lays hold on what grace has made available. Somebody's faith is taking what grace has made available for you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the translation of our blessings from the realm of the spirit into the realm of the natural is also connected to this subject matter of the renewal of the mind. Wow. The renewal of the mind. Beloved, we have said so much and taught so much about spiritual warfare. Whilst it's important to understand the dynamics, uh, the, 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 the technicalities and the, uh, the tactics that, uh, that are engaged in spiritual warfare, but I think we've not spent as more time teaching the body of Christ on mental warfare as much as we have on spiritual warfare. It's equally important, if not more important. Because your greatest battle, your fight, is not per se with, 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 with demons in the air as much as is the battle between your ears. That is the battle. That is where you win or you lose in your mind. And the devil understands that, that whoever gains the thought of a man will control and determine the ultimate outcome of that life knows the import of harassing, hounding, and pounding believers in their mind, in their thoughts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A whole lot of the battles believers face today is in the arena of the mind and the soul. We have to understand that. Understanding and mastering this aspect of mental warfare will bring us much deliverance, will bring us much victory uh, uh, for the saints. Hallelujah. Can you touch your neighbor if you have any neighbor that said, the battle is between your ears. The battle is between your ears. There is an ongoing battle between the ears of everyone, every believer, every unbeliever. And that battle largely is in the realm of the thoughts. 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 We've oftentimes trivialized the weight of thoughts. We've oftentimes thought that thoughts really are, are vain, powerless, and futile, and meaningless. So we can allow our thoughts to flitter, to move from one thing to the other without really caring what we think about. But we have to begin to understand that thoughts are powerful. As a matter of fact, your thoughts and my thoughts are the very seed of our destiny. Kolobanda. Somebody once said, I, I learned many years ago, sow a thought, you reap a word. Sow a word, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. It begins with a thought. A thought. A thought. Thoughts are so powerful that a man's life will move in the direction of his predominant thoughts. So in order to change the direction of your life, the course of your life, what we need to do is to change the course of your thinking. 
So change your thought, change your life. Beloved, your thoughts are important. Your thoughts are your thoughts occupy mental space. Thoughts are matter. May not be tangible, physical, but they are matter. They occupy mental space. They are things called thoughts. May not be touched or felt or handled, but they are things. Beloved, one of the most important scriptures you'll find that relates to this discourse of transformation, renewal of the mind, is found in Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Shall we, if you can, read together? Otherwise, I'll just read Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, save he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. As he thinketh, so is he. That is simply to say that the man's thought largely determine who the man is or what results will arise in the life of the man. Your thoughts are important. Your thoughts are powerful. Beloved, it is important to know that there's an ongoing war between the ears of believers today. It's a battlefield of the mind. It's a place where you win or you lose. But by the grace of God, by the understanding of the light we bring in this season, we'll win this battle in our mind in the thought realm. And when we win that battle there, we'll win the realm, the battle also in the natural realm. This is why the enemy is very aggressive and desiring to lay hold, to control the thoughts and the minds of God's people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved. Two things the enemy will fight us or fight people at two levels. Number one, the enemy will strive to fight unbelievers from gaining light of salvation that will ultimately make them surrender their lives to Jesus. The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, I believe it is, that the, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who the Prince of this world has blinded the eyes of them who don't see. All right. So the enemy comes to blind the eyes or the minds of unbelievers so that they will possibly not be able to receive the light of the glorious gospel. So the first level of battle is I don't want you to get light to be saved. Right. But by the mercy of the Lord, you and I got light to be saved. We became born again. The next level of battle, which is fierce, is that I don't want them to get light to renew their minds to the point where they know who they are and they're walking in who they are in Christ. So the battle is in the mind. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. The enemy will fight one through the five physical senses and desire for one to live by and only through Sight, hearing, touching, feeling, and smelling. Without allowing you to see this, light beyond the five physical senses. And if we must walk in the spirit, 
it must, we must be in tune with the spirit of the living God. We must walk beyond the five physical senses. We cannot allow them to determine our lives. Praise God. Romans 12, two of our text says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So the key word there is we're to be transformed. The Greek word for transformation there is metamorphoo, which is the word where which you get the word metamorphosis from, to metamorphose, to metamorphosize or metamorphosis. When we think about metamorphosis, you quickly think about the process of the caterpillar, of, uh, of the, yes, of the caterpillar being transformed, transformed to become a butterfly ultimately. Lava, pupa, caterpillar, then a, a butterfly. And what we see there is that it, it began in a state of crawling, and then all of a sudden it transformed into a state of a very beautiful flying insect with multiple colors, what we call a butterfly. From caterpillar to butterfly, that is transformation. In like manner also, when the Bible speaks about us being transformed by the renewal of our mind, it's saying that I want you to stay with me with the word by my spirit so that I will change you into something that your past has no semblance with. I'm going to change you to look like something today that your yesterday has no connection with metamorphosis. I believe by the mercy of the Lord, somebody is under a serious process and program of metamorphosis. Looking like Jesus. Being transformed to be one with Jesus. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. Whoa. 18 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But because of the statement, 18, that whilst we with open face, behold him, as in the mirror of the word of God, we are being, hear the word again, we are being transformed. That same word again, being transformed. How are we being transformed? From glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. I see your life engage this season and this process of swift transformation from glory to glory to glory. Suddenly you don't recognize who you become in Christ from who you were today. Somebody shout a big, big amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is about to give somebody under the sound of my voice a spiritual makeover, metamorphosis, transformation. Praise God. The word conform there again speaks of somebody being pressed into a mold, being, being, being pressed to fashioned with the world system, to configure oneself like the world, to adopt the customs of the world, to be squeezed into the mold of the world system. Praise God. So I said earlier, the enemy is two-pronged attack. Will be number one, to strive to keep you from coming to the Lord. Number two, when you do come to the Lord, 
It starts to keep your mind from being exposed to the word and to the spirit, therefore being transformed to look more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, this is, this is, this is it's a, it's an amazing realm and dimension of mental warfare. And the earlier we see the reality of the intensity of this battle, and we'll give it what it takes based on scripture with the right weaponry, uh, the quicker we'll gain victory over the advance made by the enemy in our lives and our destinies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody. Beloved, it is your responsibility and my responsibility to engage in this process of renewal of our minds. It's not a stroll in the park. It requires effort, but there's grace for it. Praise God. It requires discipline, but there's grace for it. It requires applying yourself to it, but there's grace for it. The, the victories and the trophies and the and the and the and the and the, uh, 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 the result of it is well worth every investment of commitment and dedication and sacrifice and discipline. It's well worth it. The dividends pays. Praise God. You see, ultimately, there is a particular image you and I are to conform ourselves to. So we're not just being conformed, we're not just being transformed, by the way, to, to what? To one end, no. We're being transformed, listen carefully, to ultimately conform, not to the world, but to the image of Christos, Christ, the anointed and his anointing. So the image is Christ. Wow. So what God desires for you and me is to grow in our maturity, in our word study, in our renewal of mind, in our yield to the Holy Ghost, that we walk more like Jesus, talk more like him, and behave more like him. That's transformation to conform to his image. Look at Hebrews 1.3. Let's look at Hebrews 1.3. It's a Bible study, so please, I take my time, quote scriptures, have you turned them, take notes. Hebrews 1.3, across the nations, I trust you have your Bible, your notepad, Glory to God. Our God is a good God. Hallelujah. He lives forevermore. He reigns forevermore. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. Who is this now? Jesus. And the express image of his person. Express image of his person. So Jesus is the copy express, not Xerox, beyond Xerox, express image of the person, right? And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So, so, so Jesus is the image of God the Father. He came upon a time in the ministry of Jesus Christ, the disciples, Philip in particular, said, Master, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, have you been with me this long and you still ask for me to show you the Father? He that has seen me, who am I? Image <laughs> has seen the Father. Wow. So Jesus is the express image of God. That's the image you and I are called to conform to. 
Look at Romans 8, 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. <laughs> so there are many brethren. He's just the firstborn. You and I were born of the spirit, of the word, where he called us his brethren, right? Now, he says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to what? The image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many. So the, 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 the subject matter here is Jesus. Wow. Jesus. Jesus. When all he said and done is about looking more like Jesus in every area of life's endeavor. Tolerance and patience and love and joy and peace and, you know, you know, long-suffering. As we begin to walk with him, self drops. And then the real person we have in the spirit man begins to affect our soul and ultimately affect our physical body and our behavior. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Many have come into the faith, but I'm not as much subscribed to this process of transformation. So for many, many years, uh, they still look like what they looked like years ago when they said yes to the Lord. Not much transformation that is visible to the eyes. Yes, in the spirit, they're born again, but in terms of character, in terms of their behavior, not too much. That's not why they fail to enroll in this process of what? transformation and renewal of the mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see the key as to how to be transformed is by the renewal of the mind. Be transformed by the renewal of the mind. The word renew has to do with renovate. 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 So renovate is another word for renew. So when the Bible speaks about you renewing the mind, it speaks of a mind renovation. Wow. I remember many years ago, uh, the builders and the actor came to renovate the house where I live in a certain part of town. And um, I knew at that point in time that it's a very costly venture to renovate anything. In fact, the, the amount of money we spend renovating that particular property, uh, if you added just a little bit more, you possibly would be able to buy a brand new house. <laughs> What's the point? Renovation is a very serious business. You tear down things, you pull some things out, you cut away many things. And at the end of the day, perhaps there's just a few things left that you could put to use. But largely, many other things that will happen in renovation is new things. Really, when a property is renovated and it's done very well, to, to done well, 20%, 10% sometimes, depending on how far the owner wants to go, will be what will be used. Likely 80%, 78% of what will be used for the building will be new. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So likewise, when our minds are to be renewed from the place of we being born again, 
from all of the thoughts we've, we've gained through our lifetime, uh, uh, the wrong impressions, uh, the wrong teachings, the, the lies we're told, uh, uh, being trained, all of that needs to be torn down and torn apart. Strongholds, lies, and philosophies need to be ripped apart. Hallelujah. And that's a painful process to renovate the mind. But it's necessary for us to be conformed to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So to renew is to renovate. Just to make you know what is going on in this season of teaching. So you hear some things, you cringe because it's going to go against your, your, your belief system, your, your, your dogma, what you've held on for so long. But you've got to let it go. When we see truth, we're going to let go lies and embrace the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit carries out this task of renovation from our spirits on the inside as we yield to the Holy Ghost. By the word, we yield to the Holy Ghost. He begins to renovate our mind and cause our minds to be conformed to the mind of Christ or to the image of Christ. Dearly beloved, we'll see very shortly in Romans 8 that your mind can assume one or two states of positions. It can either be carnal or it can be spiritual. Remember, you're a triune being, spirit, soul, body. The spirit is on the inside. The soul is in the middle, as it were. The body is on the outside, right? So for the mind to be spiritual means that the soul is leaning towards the spirit man. That means it's, it's, it's yielded to the control, to the leadership of the spirit within you, which is also being led by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So that your, your, your choices, your decisions, they're not just at the whims and caprice of your, your, your feelings. No, it comes from within you. Bible declares in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit. They're called the sons of God. So your soul is yielded to your spirit, man. So your mind is said to be spiritually minded. All right, remember, where the soul tilts is the determinant of who gains the victory. If your soul tilts to the spirit, man, your spirit will gain the victory. If your soul tilts to the body or to the five physical senses, your, your, your senses will get the victory. Praise God. So, but when the soul is left undeveloped or renewed, it naturally gravitates towards the flesh and becomes what the Bible calls carnally minded. So it can be spiritually minded or can be carnally minded. Let's look at Romans 8 and do a little bit of Bible study there. Romans chapter number 8. Let's begin from verse number 1 and enjoy the journey. Romans 8. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse number one says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Wow, you see now? So we are to walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Can somebody say with me, in the name of Jesus, I yield my heart, my mind, my emotions to the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I'm led and driven by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. There is therefore now 
no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, so there's a law such as that, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Remember it now? Tilting to the flesh, carnally minded, to the spirit, spiritually minded. Walk not after his, his flesh, but after the spirit. Verse number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind, mind, mind. That's the mind, the soul. Do mind the things of the flesh. So if you mind the things of the flesh, it is proof positive that you are after the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things that of the spirit, right? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Praise God. So you see that now? The soul stands in between the spirit and the physical body. The soul leans here, is spiritually minded. The soul leans here, it is carnally or fleshly minded. And it says, at this point in time, you can't please God. Praise God. So our responsibility is to strive to lean constantly towards the spirit by renewing our minds, being yielded to the spirit, and by taking the word of God to change our thinking, to renovate our mind. Remember, renovation means tearing down a whole lot of stuff and align new and fresh things to come in by the Spirit. Praise God. Saints, your destiny and mine and the quality of it is greatly determined by the state of our souls. Remember I said, your life goes in the direction of your predominant thoughts. If you want to change the direction of your life tomorrow, we need to be willing to change the predominant thinking of today. Very important and critical. Our minds are transformed by God's word as it is in turn brought under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, the battle is in the mind. I want to begin to close by pointing out that God has created us as free moral agents having choice. Having choice. Will you turn to Deuteronomy 30 verse number 19? Deuteronomy 30 19. We begin to see that God has given us choices. Will not compel us or force us but made available to us choices but also give us the Holy Spirit to help us 
to choose and to walk in his direction. Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Can somebody shout, I choose life. I choose life. So I present you life and death. You choose. Bless and curse it. I choose blessing. So that choice begins in the realm of the thoughts, then words, then action. So we make our choices in the thought realm. Let me show you something very interesting uh, I saw many, many years ago. Uh, Matthew 6.25, if you will. Matthew 6.25. Thank you, Lord. We choose life. We choose your blessings. Glory to God. Are you at Matthew 6.25? Yes. It says, Therefore I say unto you, hear this, take no thought for your life. You know, you can just read that and gloss over it. Yeah, don't take thought for your life. Don't take, but listen, take no thought for your life. Actually, you actually do take a thought. Right. It's not just a statement. You do take a thought. So, uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Thoughts will flee through your mind, and my mind is a choice for us to take it or leave it. Kevin Higgins of Blessed Memory said, uh, he said, said years ago, said that uh, um, <clears throat> you may not be able to stop a bird from flying over your head. But certainly, you can stop a bird from making a nest on your head. You know why? It takes time for a bird to make a nest on, on anywhere, topless of your head. I mean, for you to allow the bird to make a nest means that you allow the nest to be made. But you can't really determine whether the bird will fly over your head or not. Likewise, beloved, thoughts are going to pass through our minds per second, per minute, per hour, per day. By the help of the Lord, as he gives us grace and divine enablement, we are to master the thoughts we take and the thoughts we refuse to take. You get that? Praise God. Therefore, I said to you, take no thought. Don't take it. Don't take it. Leave it, leave it for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. All right? What you shall put on is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Thank you, Jesus. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought, see, taking thought, right? can add one cubit unto his stature by taking thought. And why take ye thought? See the word again? Take ye thought. For raiment. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Praise God. So we're not to take thought of the things that are, are, are speak of anxiety and care and why we don't take them. 
We'll let them pass. I refuse to take you. I refuse to take you. I refuse to take you. Let's close with this scripture in mind. Second Corinthians 10. We'll visit this in the course of our teachings. But it's 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 a very, very critical scripture in this discourse of total life transformation. Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 6. Let's read that together, 3 to 5. Second Corinthians 3, sorry, 10, 3, 5, and 6. Life ought to be that together. Second Corinthians 10, 3, 4, 5, 6. One, two, three, go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. I'm going to call that word now. Imaginations. Imaginations. All right? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity, guess what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Have it in readiness to prevent all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So our walk, though in the flesh, is not where our warfare is, right? We don't war after the flesh. No. The only fight we're called to fight is called the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where you've been called. And as professed, a good profession before many witnesses. So our fight is a good fight of faith. And this fight of faith is in the spiritual realm. And there are weapons that God has made available to us. Wow. Though the battle is against strongholds, imaginations, every high thing, and thoughts that strive to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Huh, listen, it begins on a good note that our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Wow. So, what we've got is stronger than the strongholds if we apply what we got. Weapons of our warfare are not, they're, they're mighty through God, they're pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are fortresses in minds that have come up as a result of belief systems that are garrisoning the truth from penetrating the heart. Very tough things. So, so when you see things, you hear things, your belief system shuts truth away. Strongholds. They form behavioral patterns, strongholds. And strongholds need to be pulled down. As strong as strongholds are, our weapon woo, under God, in God, is stronger. Somebody ought to get, get happy, get joyful. Praise God. Praise God. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That is just to encourage you, beloved. And no matter what kind of strongholds or imaginations or high things or thoughts that are contrary to God's word, you've been wrestling with all your life or some years, some months, whatever those thoughts are, that keep, seems to keep your life in a vicious circle of going around the mountain. Listen, we know we have something, weapon that is mighty through God that can pull them down. Hallelujah. The weaponry of the blood will pull them down. 
Hallelujah. The weaponry of the name of Jesus will pull them down. Hallelujah. The weaponry of the word will pull them down. Glory to God. Where you are, will you just begin to thank the Lord for making available to us the Holy Spirit and the word of God wherewith we're able to renew our mind and be ultimately transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Are you pushing that now? Where you are, let's thank the Lord. Will you bless him? Aren't you grateful for the weapon it's made available to us? Oh, Lord God, again, the gratis Father, we are thanking you all for the opportunity to be able to make choices. This hour will make a choice for life. A choice for life. A choice for life. Somebody pushing that now. Decree and declare your mind is your mind. Your mind will never leave uh, the control of the word and the spirit. Oh, somebody take your mind back from where it's been controlled by forces, by forces that militate. Greek is a progress, an advancement. Faulty thinking, darkened mind, darkened heart. I take my mind back. Somebody take your mind back. Le Paposamangoho, Eke Bregade, Eke Bregade, Zigrabababagaboga. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Allah Bagabagaba. Decree and declare, I yield my mind to Jesus. Eko Bobo Gabo Bosekribo Landaga, E Pregadenga, A Pregadanga Zikribo. Oh, Lomo, no more, should the Gababagaba. E Bregade, 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 Zizi Gabragabombo. Oh, Lebabagabuzibra, Bandigibo, Bakiti, Arabada, Bregada, Sabria. Can you cover your mind with the blood of Jesus Christ? I cover my mind with the blood of Jesus Christ. No more faulty thinking. From this hour, no more faulty thinking. Father, we thank you. Wow. I cover my mind with the blood of Jesus. Grace to take right thoughts. I pull down every imagination that is contrary to your word or your will. I come against dark fear and anxiety. Things that meet my advancement in the spirit. I pull it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Decree and declare mental rest. No more pressure. No more oppression in your mind. We evoke the blood. Anybody who's gone through any kind of mental illness, creep attacker, oh, we declare, declare your healing balm on this altar. Let joy flood hearts. Let joy be stirred in hearts at this hour. The joy of the Lord is our strength. No more gloomy days. No more dark days. No more hay days. Blue days. No. Days of joy are here. Days of excitement and pleasure are here. Days of rejection are here. Father, we thank you. We'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Beloved, I mentioned to you earlier that the greatest miracle is a miracle of salvation, new birth. You're here on this altar across the nations of the world. You don't know Jesus Christ. Beyond the issues that have to do with your physical body, your ill health, maybe your soulish 
dimension. Even more critical is a spiritual state because until you are born again, you are not saved and you're not safe. This hour, you can say wherever you are, Jesus, Lamb of glory, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. We can pray that prayer and see the Holy Ghost in his mercy rush into your heart and perform a spiritual surgery to move out the dead spirit and to put in you a brand new creature. Perhaps you're on this altar. You've lost fire, lost zeal, lost passion. And you're saying this hour, man of God, stand with me. I want the fire. I want revival. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord, my spirit, my soul, my body, my being. I want to serve him all the way. Let's pray together all over the nations. Shall we pray together? Sincerely, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you just as I am. Opening my heart, inviting you to come into my heart. Forgive me, Jesus, all of my sins. From today, in the company of the saints, I decree and declare that Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. You alone, I will serve. No strange gods shall be found in my heart. Thank you, Lamb of Glory, for cleansing me of all my sins and giving me a new lease of life. I'm born again. I'm set apart to love you, to serve you with my all. In the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.